Gonna drop it like a bear. <sighs> sure. Like a drop bear. Minds at York. I'm Megan. My name is Alex. And I are Tim. Oh, I hate that. Okay. I Do you I remember IR Baboon? I am Weasel and IR Baboon from Cartoon Network. No. no. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that I'll was leave a dead it in end. there though, so that anybody who's listening can be like, yes, yes, Alex, I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. Pepperidge <laughs> Farm never forgets. Nope, that is terrifying. Thank you. See, it's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> How are you do- two doing in our last week of 2020? I have peanut butter pie baked by my uncle. And my neighbors have stopped shooting off fireworks just in time for us to start recording. Nice. So. I'm going to take it as a victory. Also, I have hit every red light that I have passed this week. I don't know what's up, but if this is the price I pay for better karma in 2021, <laughs> so be it. I feel that. I feel that. I think I'm good. Okay. Do we need to explore that? No. I think I'm just going to leave it there. I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not too up. Not too down. You're experiencing that calm middle middle ground. Stuck in the middle with us. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry for that. We read an Animorphs book. We do. We only have two more Animorphs books after this. We do. Thank you for confirming everything I'm saying. I appreciate you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. It's my understanding that podcasts are conversational. They are. I just didn't realize they were so affirming as well. Oh, well, I try. (laughs) I appreciate you. Tim, do you have a summary for us? He does. I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be one of those, just like every other one of these. It is. I'm sitting here reading this book, crying a little bit. Not a little bit, a lot of it. And being like, oh, should we implicate a safe word? Because this is going to get an intense... And Alex Media is like, this is not intense. This that's, is not. That's not what I said. <laughs> I said I had such this mixed is not anything feelings. I said, no, 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 this is not anything I said to you. These were my thought processes. And you immediately started it off with me just being like, yeah, no, there is no, there is absolutely no reason for this. Mm, I'm fine with setting a safe word. What it will be our safe word, boys? Sesquicentennial? No. Sasquatch Sentinel? <laughs> I like it. I I'm gonna go with it. Okay. Um, book fifty-two, the sacrifice. I thought Tim was gonna say the Sasquatch Centennial. I forgot it was called the sacrifice. <laughs> then Tim looked over his shoulder, and I don't know what's going on now. 
I heard uh, there was a little puppy cry, and I was like, I gonna wait till the... this rundown as if I can't like remove this. Now I have to keep it in. It's funnier this commentary. way. <laughs> you just say that because you're not editing. Rachel, X, and James go to a subway station to find out what's going on. The Yurks are herding people to take to the Yurk pool. Rachel wants to stop them, and the trio are attacked by prayer. Damn it, I knew I was going <laughs> to. They're attacked the by tr- prayer. <laughs> Peregrine. Oh, I totally heard prairie dogs. It's okay. <laughs> Peregrine falcons. The group ends up in the subway. And Rachel morphs Hork Bajir to follow the Yurks in deeper. The gang decides they have to blow up the Yurk pool. The gang isn't getting along. Axe is secretly reporting to the Andalites, who kind of want to just let the Yurks win. The gang finds out it's Cassie's fault. The enemy has the morphing cube. Axe is pissed. The gang figures out where there are big bombs and trucks on a military base. Rachel's mom convinces a captain to help. The gang takes the bombs to a subway station and clear out a car, but some yurks morph and a fight ensues. The Animorphs win and get the bombs loaded on a train. Axe, Cassie, and Marco are going to ride the train in. The train crashes into the yurk pool. Marco and Cassie tell everyone about the bomb, including Visser 1. Most creatures flee. Some Yurks stay to help people out of cages. The bombs go off. Axe, Cassie, and Marco make it out. The city is decimated, and the gang sees Visser 1 fly away. Have either of you ever watched Sunny in Philadelphia? I cannot imagine a show that is less my speed. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know if maybe you accidentally watched it. Like, I agree, it is not your speed. Uh, yeah, I've seen an episode or two. Every episode is the gang. Yeah, does blink. Yeah, I I have no idea what else to call them. No, you're good. The animorphs. Yeah. The animorphs. Yeah. The saviors of our planet. Our intrepid heroes. <laughs> um. So this book. This you book, hated it, didn't you? We finally no, found the one no, that you hated. <laughs> but it 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 changed it changed my feelings about the whole book series. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh no, is that good or bad? Oh, not not like in a in a good bad, just in a sort of like like I I honestly had a moment towards the end of this book where I was like I I can't believe we just did that. And then I thought about it and I'm like I don't know why I thought we. I'm not one of the animals. <laughs> <laughs> guilty kinda, guilty by association. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it grabbed me. It was like this whole book I'm sitting there like, yeah, okay, we're going to blow up the yurk pool. I wonder what's going to happen to stop us or how Cassie's going to, you know, tell us that we shouldn't do it. And then they did it. And I was like, oh, shit, 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 like shit, shit got real. Tim's a person in the group that thinks everybody's just joking. And then, yeah. and then suddenly we're murdering someone and what's going yeah. on. And it was like, oh, holy cow. And there was like this whole like feeling like after I finished reading this book, like, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe I I don't know. It like or I can't believe I ate away. the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah. Um I don't know. Very impactful book. This one shook me to my core. You in downtown San Francisco or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Still haven't quite figured out where they are other than SoCal. <sighs> Whichever city has um, got the six flags with the zoo. Yeah. And they're all just sitting on a building just looking at the big hole in the ground that was their old city. What and would I'm you like, do? <laughs> I don't know. I'd get out of there because the blade ship is landing. <laughs> they're like <laughs> sharing a coke or something on top of the building. Joint? Yeah. You know Marco's dad has something. Yeah, you're right. He and Ava, very chill out in the woods. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Do you think Marco ends up with a new sibling after this? Um I mean technically didn't they aren't they the ones who were over over watching over the girl from the school for the blind? Oh yeah. I guess he already has a new sibling. Hello, Elena. Elena, the Rachel doppelganger. Yeah. Odd. So, that was yes, a thing. I do think he will. <laughs> Maybe more than one. <laughs> oh, Alex, I know you had mixed feelings about this, but is it a quick mixed feelings or is it a one that we're going to have to parse as we go along? I, I've done the work to parse it over the last 24 hours. I read this okay. yesterday, fortunately. And I think I have separated the thing that, especially for the first third of this, which I think is really where most of my frustrations are, the thing that gets in my way. And that is... I feel like... Axe narratively had moved past what a lot of his conflict in this book is. Yep. I had trouble buying into him really earnestly trying to coordinate with the Andalites behind everyone's backs, especially after feeling like he was already a traitor to Prince Jake. Um... And I have trouble with just the whole I hate Cassie Gurr thing. Like, I expect him to be a better person, but I also expect him to be past the where are my allegiances as a, like, last Axe book. I get that that's kind of his arc, but it's played out, like, three times already. You're not wrong. I mean, it is. it has been entirely his arc, and we always feel like we have stepped a foot past it, and everything is going to be fine. And it's like they don't quite understand how to give X conflict that isn't, where are my allegiance? And I can tell you the point where it started to work again for me, and I think the seed of it that would have been more effective for me. And that is when Axe does confront Cassie. And he he asks the question in terms of Elfanger. Elfanger trusted you with this. You gave it away. I need to understand why. And I think there is an emotional core to that. Mm -hmm. That acts... I mean, really in the moment, it feels out of the blue, but I kind of embraced it because it was how I got back into this book. Um... I think if that had been it more from the beginning, or if it had been more about Axe's relationship to his brother and trying to live up to that, like, that piece of his character maybe would have been a better line into it. Um, And I think it's the thing that sort of saved, narratively, the book for me. 
I get that, and I and I agree. I'm not going to disagree with you. I it Axe's story here is frustrating because it is three steps back, and again, the last page essentially feels like the last page of every Axe book we've read. It's more cruel than I expect Axe to be, too. Um, but. I feel like there are parts about the Andalite, what they're planning to do, that they wanted to incorporate and probably had no idea how to. Now, do we need to know that they plan to quarantine and essentially potentially blow us up or whatever? I don't know. I I don't know if that's necessary information because that's about all extra that we get out of him talking to the other Andalites. Yeah, and... I think because the choice part of his story of, of this book didn't work for me, the having that hanging over him didn't really add anything for me. Because um, it's not like he ever tried to turn around and sabotage the mission. He kind of just went along with it the whole time. Yeah. Like, it would have been cool if he was talking to the Andalites to get more information, like, Jake had directed this or Marco had directed this or something and like not have had the, the internal struggle of do I stop them from blowing up the York pool or not? Like yeah. that just wasn't necessary. I mean, to me, the best thing that came of that piece was the scene with Tobias and True. Tobias seeing Tobias know what he's been up to, know what the conversation is, be a step ahead and also kind of plant the seed in Axe's head that turns him around on what Cassie has done and what he should do and all of that. Like, I liked that moment, but mm-hmm. I don't know that that moment was necessary outside of sort of course correcting what didn't work for me about the book. That's fair. Because I'm always going to like Axe and Tobias moments. Agreed. I wish we had more. I just love how much he calls him his best friend. Can't lie to my best friend. He is my true shorm. Yeah. So do y'all think it would have been better if Axe had, like, we, we talk about how they, they sort of backpedal this this whole Axe growth thing. What if it had never happened, say, until this book? What if he'd just been an Andalite jerk the entire book series until now? Oh, I mean, it totally would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Like... That's kind of been his entire story is this, like, teen trying to come to grips with, am I more loyal to where I come from versus where I am essentially growing up? I feel like... I feel like... We've been doing it since book eight. Yeah. I feel like the issue I would run into with that is sort of the Spock problem of at some point the distant logical alien is just kind of played out and I know how it's going to continue to play out. Um, I don't know. It's a little bit, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, but I think there is a lot of room in the Tobias relationship, in the how do I handle my family's legacy, in all of that, that we never really saw explored directly. That would have given Axe more to do. And also Axe's last book, which I do believe by is by the same... No, it's not by the same person, my bad. Um, he made a decision. 
that could have essentially what you were expecting to happen again. Hey, I got a bomb. I'm going to blow things up. And someone went, no, 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 no. Yeah. But dealing with the repercussions of disobeying Jake and and that. Like, there was a lot to explore. And I just, like, yeah, I'm very curious as to what we were trying to achieve with the Andalites other than this discussion of what the Andalites plan to do. And is so that necessary? It, 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 if we had hinted at the Andalite communications... Earlier on, too, I think it would have been. Yeah, I mean, uh, it and, makes and sense. I, they've got the Z space stuff. They've talked to him once or twice. Yeah. And maybe if the Andalites, like if that had been sort of a reveal of this is what we want, even though we've been talking to you this whole time, this is how we want you to play it, as opposed to just sort of having it additional in this book. Actually, no, because uh, we've. What was it? Book 40, where 45, wherever Marco's dad essentially discovers Z space, that's when they try to talk to the Andalites. Mm -hmm. And I think I would have been happier if the discussion had been after that whole shit show happens. Someone being like, what if we let Axe keep talking to them to keep gaining information? Like, I don't necessarily want the twist to be that Axe is just coming up with his humanity now. I'd I'd rather it have been that Jake knew the whole time or that Jake had ordered this and was directing the flow of information. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Because, like, Axe has been on Earth for three years. And it still reads in this book a little bit that, like, humans confound and astonish him and like the things that they do and granted like i think i actually am okay with his reaction to cassie i think it makes a lot of sense for him but it just still feels like i just met these damn humans i don't know they don't make sense they're weirdos (laughs) now and it's like in axe's defense there i have been on this planet 33 years (laughs) and i still cannot explain the motives of Mm, at least forty-seven percent of humans in this country. <laughs> okay. I, I want I want to write a story, and I want Meg to play a character in the story, and I want that to be one of these one of the lines of that story. I don't know. I'll write the rest of the story around that one line. Which line? I don't know. I don't know. I met these humans. I don't <laughs> understand them. I mean, it just. I don't know. It'd be one thing if something had happened that would cause Axe to feel the need to run back to the Andalites, but nothing's happened. Yeah. I mean, okay, something has happened because, like, he does discuss with the Andalites, like, our team is broken. Um, It's falling apart. Nobody likes each other. Nobody trusts each other, really. And they need to get their shit together if they're going to win. But there wasn't ever a big falling out moment that would have caused Axe to run away well and we also you mentioned the the we've we've both mentioned it now the last axe book ends with him knocking out jake and almost bombing the city and like we've never unpacked that yeah we've spent a lot of time you know in this book in the last like needling at the jake and cassie thing but we've not gotten a word about jake and axe 
I, I am going to chalk it up to because that outcome was, LOL, we put the bomb down. Yeah. And, oh, wait, shit, almost immediately, Jake's parents are yurked and, like, dealing with that depression. I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. That they haven't unpacked it because there was no major repercussions of that moment. Also, what happened to the bomb that Axe had? Because they could have picked up that bomb for this book. You're not wrong. Like, there's there was even a moment when Axe was like, yes, I recently almost blew up the city in the way they're describing. And I thought he was going to suggest, I know where we can get a bomb. Some <laughs> days you just can't get rid of one. And then he didn't, and I was like, okay. But I thought it was going to be Chekhov's atomic bomb. That's fair. That's fair. I really, really love that the team starts to rebond, rebuild, or whatever here. Yeah. And we get all these extra characters that, like, have come to be part of the team in the past, well, for some it's been 20, 30 books, the, the Hortmajir, but, like, the parents and everything, everybody helped out here. Even... Even Rachel's mother was yes. useful and productive and not just a colossal pain in the ass. To everybody's surprise. Yes. And basically we get her coming to terms with like, she can't talk her way out of this. Like, this war is happening. It's time for her to get on board. Yeah. I was absolutely certain when they were arguing about who was going to get on the train. Like I was sitting there like, okay, Rachel's getting on the train. Rachel's going to beef it. <laughs> oh no, Rachel's off the train. Okay. Marco's on the train. Marco's going to beef it. Okay. No, Axe, Axe is gone. Axe is gone. And well, then I was like, there was a specific him. moment. I thought of you, Tim, uh, where I thought you had to be convinced that this is where Axe dies. Because, uh, let's see if I can find it here. There is a chapter that ends with Axe being like, Jake and I both stood there alone, neither of us with family to say goodbye to. And then, like, goes up to him and talks about it being a pleasure to serve or whatever. Yeah. Don't call like, me no. Jake. Or don't call me Prince. <laughs> don't, 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 call don't call me Jake. <laughs> it's James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I was, I was convinced and I, I was going back and forth so hard on who it was. And I was like, oh, Cassie's going to feel terrible when Rachel beefs it. And then I was like, oh, now Rachel's going to feel terrible when Cassie <laughs> beefs it. And I was like, just completely going back and forth. But yeah, I was certain that somebody was going to get it. Tim. And s somehow somebody was going to get it and we weren't going to drop the bomb at the same time. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know what I was Someone thinking. was going to jump in front of the bomb to stop it? <laughs> yeah. So there was going to be like one person in front of on one set of train tracks that you do know and then like 10 people you don't know on another oh, set God. of train tracks. Uh, is... Tim, with all this talk of beefing it, I have to ask, how is life as Wendy's new spokesperson? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's my tagline. I'm beefing it. I, I was going for where's the beef, but <laughs> close enough. <sighs> played out Wendy's beefing it real <laughs> what it, this book had so many emotional up and downs and I want to 
go back to last book a little bit just for that. Like, I feel like just as much action, if not more, happened in this book than in did the last one. But I hope the understanding of where I was like, there's no emotional core. And while this one was like, let me just overflow your cup. I'm not paying attention. You got water running down your leg. That's fine. It's just more emotion for you. I just like from page one where we get Axe, who is like really not liking the new Animorphs. Nothing against him personally. He's just like feeling the chaos and the anxiety. There was a line in there that really put me off, but continue. That's fair. There were several, and I understand, and I am going to chalk it up to Andalite. But then we also get Axe's opinions on Rachel, which I also LOL at, because, like, hey, you guys are an entire race of militant, like, assholes. It's okay. But I don't know. I kind of both hated and loved how much shit Rachel got in this book yeah like the more it continues the less satisfied I am with the last Rachel book being with the last being the last Rachel book and kind of leaving it at oh Rachel's just a bloodthirsty maniac yeah but at the same time like there was a moment with her mother reacting to that that i thought was really solid in here axe being kind of terrified of her and sort of seeing her as the worst possible outcome of humanity and po- the, the the weird possibility of humanity and work humanity and yurks teaming up that like okay i i get i get why the pieces are where they are on the board but I am with you. Why are we? Why are we all doing Rachel dirty? I mean, I, no. So, I go did ahead. you? Are you? Are you saying that you liked the 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 part with the 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 gas pedal? No, I think that this book does a better kind of rep- representation, I guess, of Rachel in some ways. Um. In regards to, well, I'm thinking specifically of the thing with the gas pedal, because I thought that was, like, weird. Rachel, okay, in the, like, different ways they handle war, there's Jake, who is very good at chess, and then there is Marco, who is very good at going, here's point A, here's point B, here's the best way of doing it. And then there's Rachel, who goes, here's point A, here's point B, the fastest way to do it is this. And that's how I viewed it as, is, like... She doesn't give a shit if there's a better way at this point. She just wants the fastest way. Not saying it's the right thing. I think it is very, very clear that, like, there's a lot of damage there. There is a desperation to Rachel in this book that I think is well written. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's less bloodthirsty and less that she is trying to dethrone Jake and more of a we're out of options yes exhaustion like there like was a line where axe was like it was almost as if we were our old team prior to all this like exhaustion from the war and i think that that is really shown in rachel of her just being like i'm done doing the calculations we can sit here and calculate all day how much a life is worth losing i'm done we lose what we lose we need to just win now 
again, not saying that it's right, just saying that I, I guess, understand where she's coming from. Yeah. I mean, by the same token, like, one of the things I kind of struggle with in that first third or so of this book is just how, like, broken down Cassie gets. Cassie's got a big secret on her shoulders and cannot handle it. I think that's fair. It's more just the watching everyone turn and then suddenly turn back. I There was a bit of whiplash, I think, in the moment, but also just... Everyone being so cruel. Everyone being cruel about her being compassionate. Like, again, I'm glad we had sort of the turning point after that, but that was that was hard to read to the point of being unpleasant to me. I think if Marco's mom and his, and his parents weren't safe, Marco would have been worse. I don't actually think Marco was very in character there. Marco very much kind of shrugs it off. As we've established, they've got a whole pot farm operation going on in the this Hidden is Valley. True. Um, I do think that the the relief of having it off of her shoulders and Jake having it off of his shoulders, I guess, is over, like, rebalances the group. I don't know. It's weird. I, I wish this resolution, I'm sorry, I wish this revelation had come last book and then the we love you, Cassie, you're a part of this group and an important part had been in this book. It all felt too rushed. I I was thinking about this too. I kind of feel like this last cycle should have just megamorphed it and told each book from each character's perspective as was necessary for the story and not try to stick to... Because I feel like that's part of what we keep running into, right? The issues we're talking about. Yeah. The pacing problems. Some of them literally boil down to, okay, well, we just couldn't tell this story with these characters in this book. I think that would have been a cool way to go. That would have been... And it probably would have would have gotten more of the more of the story across in the sort of timeliness. I'm not unhappy with this book. I really, really enjoy this book. This book made me cry a lot. It's just... Yeah. Did you cry? Uh, This... But Tim's Tim's a ghost. He is the definition of dead inside. No. (laughs) But it... Like, I... Yeah. But it definitely, like, I felt... No, there are life changing books. You're good. After this book, that sounds like stupid. But like I, no, it, not not in terms of my life. Just in terms of like, I don't know how I viewed this whole story. It's yeah. it's just it's different now. The city is a smoking crater. Undeniably different. I mean, and that is in response <laughs> to the fact that the Yorks are openly putting people on trains. Like, how did you feel about this opening scene? Um, it felt like the 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 kid book, like somebody like there's a kid book filter that have 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 been at least <laughs> moderately applied to these books, and then it felt like it was kind of turned off when you start like hurting people <laughs> in the subways to have them. Yerk. I, I had like, an oh, English teacher some, in some the things fifth have escalated and sixth grade here. who really really focused yeah. on World War Two, like not written in some of them were. 
but like historical fiction and uh, 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 biographies and all of that from World War II. So I feel like I read a lot of books involving people getting shoved on trains at this age. Like, but I feel you read like this a lot was... of books yeah, yeah. that were related to a specific yeah. time period. Yes, and I, I mean, they even, they all but say, hey... The Yerks are acting just oh, like yeah. the Nazis in this book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But this is not, like, I don't know. I guess it's yeah. just... Yeah. Yeah. Tim's right. This is not... These books are dark. <laughs> and I guess in some ways, some of the darkness... As an adult, I'm like, oh, that flew over my head. This would not have. Yeah. I mean, also, I have to think back to the episode we had Adelon. Which was a good reminder of just how accustomed we three are reading one of these every two weeks for years. Yeah, that's fair. To how bleak this shit gets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I go back to the episode where I think it was Brian we had on where I was like, this book's yeah. fun. Oatmeal. And everybody's like, Megan, this is fucking cannibalism. What? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's fun. Shit. Oh, my God. We're all broken people, or at least you and I are. Tim may, may not be. Who knows? Tim will be broken in two more books. Don't worry. We were broken as children by these books and have remained broken ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I loved how Visser 3, it's okay. or Visser 1, sorry. Uh, I, I demoted him for a second there. <laughs> uh, how Visser 1 shows up and he's about to do like his like, end of the book fight with his <laughs> octopus morph and Marco's like big body he's like, like yeah, and just kind of <laughs> back into the water I need Tim to do the mocap for Visser 3 now <laughs> more than any other book this felt very movie or TV show-ish um, yeah. like where I could hear the really loud fast paced music and the opening scenes and we yeah. get to this bombing scene and yeah, the big bad shows up just cause he's got to show up. And then it's like, Oh, Oh, you're serious. <laughs> I'm out. I really, really wanted Marco to throw something of like, Hey bitches, I'm the former visitor one's son or like, yeah, that's right. You're going to get killed by the former visitor one. I wanted something. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, Visser 1 was basically me in this book. Like, I would have been standing there at the yerk pool, like, with my popcorn, like, wow, this is crazy, guys. Do you see what's going on? Wait, for real? A bomb? I, I want to talk more about this. Visser 1 emerges morphing into giant octopus thing from the yerk pool. That means Visser 1, as an andalite or in some <laughs> other morph, I thought about jumped this too. into the pool to start morphing for a dramatic entrance. Oh, Fuck yes, he did. Bitch is dramatic or, as hell. Or maybe he's just like having a sauna day, just hanging out in the pool. Not not for Candrona reasons, just because he likes it in his Andalite body. I'm I'm picturing like Visser Three getting pumped to go fight the Animorphs, listening to Good as Hell. <laughs> there's like a tiny hot tub right outside the Yerk Pool, and there's Visser Three. And he's just got like... two pairs of sunglasses on. <laughs> I want to talk about James. We get, like, last book, we didn't really have much of him. He was off helping uh, Jake while we were more of the Marco Axe and Tobias team. But we get more James here. And I like Axe's view of him. It's not negative. Like, I chalk everything of Axe's up about the new Animorphs is, like, really anxiety-ridden. Just, like, 
when there was only six of us, seven of us, seven of us, six of us, fuck. David doesn't count. David doesn't count. It's seven if you include yourself, Meg. Okay. Okay. I'm including myself here. Um, It's easier to control. And I feel like Axe is having this issue of like losing control or feeling like he's losing control or something and not being able to pinpoint it. So he's kind of putting it on the new Animorphs in some ways. But I like his comparison of James as like that eager soldier and like they're so exhausted. And instead of being really excited that there's this dude who's eager to, like, step up and help, he's like, no, go away. You don't want to be part of this. I think you and I read Axe very differently in the first third of this book. I mean, Axe is a tool. He's terrible in this. Like, I'm very disappointed in how they portrayed him here. But, yeah, I guess I've read this entire last arc as we're exhausted and we're broken and we just need something to bring us back together and finally jake is doing that yeah and blowing up the city in the process <laughs> oh let's talk about the yerk nothlet yes please so okay whole discussion of should they be giving yurks the ability to morph over yerk controllers or I human controllers to, i want to preface this conversation with as I was getting ready to read this book, I had the thought, yeah, if they have the cube, why aren't they just morphing into better bodies and not needing hosts? And like the first third of this book, I kept being like, why? And then we got to the Nothlet Yerk. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Okay, we're going here. And then Cassie says the thing. And then Tobias says the thing. And everyone starts saying the thing. But the Yerk Nothlet would not have been the Yerk that is stuck in the morph. It is his controller. It's a and weird, weird thing. Like, the entire thing. I mean, I agree. Like, hey, you is... know what would have solved a lot of problems here? If you actually had the Yerks change into something that is viable. Yes. Um, no, I will grant in this specific case, like, yes, okay, there is 100%... Um, still a consent issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the general solution, let the Yerk, let them all pull an Aftran and morph into an animal or mix up some human DNA and go just be people like, cool, sweet, do that. I don't know how I would react if someone would be like, I want to turn into you. But at the same time, I'm like, is it a consent thing? You're not getting their memories. You're not getting their actual thoughts and habits. When I say the consent thing, I mean this particular Nothlet Yerk is like still taking a human body. Oh, yeah. No, that's a problem. That's a problem. Like I like to continue reading and not just sit there and spiral over that thing. I was like, well, I'm imagining the humans like it's better to be a bird than to be fucking dead. Okay, let's do this. And that Yerk's name is Steve Trevor. Okay, so I, I had questions about that, though, right? So that whole thing was supposed to portray that there are Yerks who are uh, against the war, right? Yes. And then I had the same thought. I was like, well, what about the dude whose body he just totally stole and turned into a bird? Now, when a Yerk... Okay, so Visser 3 
is in an or Visser One is in an Andalite. The Andalite morphs. Visser One is still Yerk inside Andalite body. Yes. Or yes. does he change with the Andalite body? I think he changes with the Andalite body, is from what we were supposed to understand, because the Yerk talks about not needing Cadrona rays. That was the other question I had. Is now, if Yerk nothlets to bird, and flies away, yeah, no more Cadrona rays, or is the Yerk just now? Are we sure the Yerk didn't morph from Yerk into bird? I no. There's no way that they're going to allow them to do that because to demorph and morph into something else, you are completely like not even just defenseless. Like you are, go- you're dead. No, like, I agree, but like if they're still like short on hosts, to the point where they're rounding people up. Of course, they're short on hosts. They are going to. I mean, they've got. No, I do not. I think it is a human controller that is turning. I This is a question that comes up in the Animorphs Facebook group like once a week of like, is there something you can more so small that your yerk pops out or something like that? And I truly think that the idea here is that the yerk changes with the body. But do you think that's how we were supposed to read that as the yerk morphed? No. And that's I think... why we were supposed to be okay with it? I mean, I don't think there's anything in the text to tell us that that's actually the case. No, I think it is a human controller. And the only reason I am able to get past this is that I can imagine if you are in that situation and you've got a yerk in your head, I guess in some ways you're still just going to take death. But if you are someone who's terrified of death, is there anything wrong with being a bird? Say I'm a bird. I don't have an answer for that. I don't... Is it better to be a bird or to be dead? Because you're a bird who's still not in control of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it could be like a, a, a yerk. Yerk and human have some arrangement. That could be. While, situation. While I do think that, one, that there are plenty of those, and two, that there are probably still occasionally, like, yerk-resistant movements movement people in Visor 3's, Visor 1's army, after one of them cut off his tentacle, my guess is the vetting system has gotten much, much stricter. Probably. But even that's a question in the in the book, because yep. there's at one, I think it's while well, Axe and Cassie are talking, there's the question of, okay, but if a bunch of soldiers go AWOL morphing, then he is going to restrict even further who right. has access. I think there are a lot of interesting points and ideas that are brought up here that I'm like, man, if we had more than two books to explore some of this. But I think that's me as an adult. I think me as a kid who's sitting there like listening to this philosophical debate about like, can we live peacefully with the Yerks if we just allow them this X, Y, and Z, especially like when so many of them have infested humans and been terrible and things and like, yeah, okay. 12, 13-year-old me would have been like, fuck this. But adult me is like, yeah, let's, let's yeah, give me a book where we're sitting here talking about that, where Eva's yelling at them. We've Ava's seen the book where the Yerks in the future live as part of a symbiotic species. Oh, I know. But that is... 300 years from now. Whatever. 300 doesn't sound like anything. Pretty sure that was the timeline, though. I don't remember, honestly. Hey, they did the governor dirty. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, that okay. Was so messed up. Did you expect uh, anything else? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of expected the governor and and what was his name, Colonel 
Larson? Collins. Colonel Larson and Collins. Don't forget Collins. Yeah, I expected them to be like, I don't know, players in the whole resistance movement. Yeah, like, I would have accepted, oh, hey, three more beds in the Hidden Valley Ranch Part 2. Yeah. But not, oh, yes, they sent her to rehab. No, bitch is not in rehab. Bitch is I in mean, I, She's dead. They, they killed her is what they did. They did not even yerk her. But, I mean... I feel like I should have, like, a, a whiteboard or something that I can pull up and be like, let's talk about all the different places where they definitely have yurks. There are definitely yurks above her. There are definitely yurks at a, maybe not a similar level, but, like, military-wise at a similar level. There was no way. There was no way. No, like, I didn't think she was going to get to stay governor and, like, suddenly the president and she send the military in. But I thought she'd, like, I don't know, get to be a character in the last three books. Yeah. We don't need too many new characters. We have 17 new Animorphs. I was all checked. And, like, uh, Captain Oswald Oslin? What was his name? Oswald Cobblepot. Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, (laughs) I was really excited about that guy, and I hope that guy stays around for a while, too. But I'm I'm worried about how they're going to do him next book. Okay, realistically, and and this is a very, very easy. If the Animorphs win because they have the military on their side rather than the Animorphs themselves winning, are you going to find that as satisfying? I find it very satisfying whenever Luke, Leia, and Han win and they've got, you know, at least some small military on their side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Like, Mm -hmm. we're not talking, and this is the thing, like, I'm not even expecting them to have, like, the advantage here. They're outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, and outplanned. What? I, I would very much appreciate it if humanity were to aid in the Animorphs' efforts. Like, if there was a collection of people, the military being a great example of it, to fight right alongside. I want them to rush in like the battle of the here. five army style, like at each other. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like just run down the hill arr, with their swords and stuff. No, I want our original seven, six, 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 nope, six, six plus Meg <laughs> to have their shining moment where they win. And then the human race is like, Oh man, these sixteen-year-old kids! Like, I guess they're our leaders now. And they then would Prez all happens. Hate that so much. I know they would, but then Prez happens. Marco would love it, but the others would all hate that so much. I don't think you're wrong. <clears throat> I don't know. No. I I felt like what happened to the governor. I agree, it's dirty, and it would have been nice for them to get her out. I didn't. I never expected them to. They didn't have a game plan. They didn't know she was a fucking woman. It was all a bad idea. I know. I know. I know. I just wish there were some middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. That had like, because my favorite moments of these last few books have been other people coming to their side and fighting along them. It is nice to see that release. That release. It's not that I want to see, okay. 
the military takes over and the Animorphs just go home. Obviously not. It's their story. But, like, seeing something more public build, seeing them have support and seeing them have... Seeing a human faction fighting back, I think would have been satisfying. I think there's a version of that that's satisfying. And to me, that's what... That's what the expectation with the governor was. It was that she was the beginning of some form of that, even if it's just in the background, even if it's ancillary, that there's just this extra layer there. I get what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing with it. I just don't see how you can write a book series where their kids have been fighting and then the the, parent, the adults are going to be like, yeah, we're going to let you stay in charge. Like, I just don't. I, I mean... We've already got the parents that don't necessarily agree with this. Challenge accepted. I mean, I have one example, but I will not speak its name or its author's name because she's a piece of shit. But even that is not necessarily... That's that's a lot of problems within itself. And it falls apart if you get into the nitty gritty like we do. Fair. Also, none of them have a curse on them that makes them have to do this. Or they die. Now... No. Elemist bullshit. <laughs> okay. Elemist bullshit is its own curse. <sighs> You're not wrong. We get a comment that Axe's tail is not made of metal. It's bone. It's chitin. He's got a big old hunk of chitin. It's like fingernails. He's got to occasionally sharpen it. I hate that. I had the same thought. That it's All a right. fingernail? Mm-hmm. I want you to think about Pokemon. No. And then I want you to think about the internet's original responses to the Detective Pikachu designs. I just wasn't thinking about the the Pokemon video I sent you yesterday. Also fair. I want you to think about Lickitung on that train and his big slimy tongue. No. Now hire that designer (laughs) to design an Andalite. Oh... I hate it. I am finding this person's name. I also really enjoy that we get at least one moment that is just, I actually laughed, thought it was hilarious, where the military guy's like, oh my God. And he puts his hand out like he would for a dog. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, oh my God, we'll get you some hay. And Ax is like, hay is for horses. And Marco's in the background just dying. And and Axe is like, I don't know what's funny here. I love that. That was great. R.J. Palmer. I went to see R.J. Palmer, who got internet famous for taking the, the, the biology of dinosaurs, designing Pokemon around them, and then got a gig designing for Detective Pikachu to do an Andalite. No, I hate that. Because if you think the Detective Pikachu designs were horrifying let me just text you guys his no. venusaur what is his what venusaur that is venusaur. not what i heard that is not what i heard either <laughs> but yeah it's a bone blade how do we feel about the andalites plan is it shocking is it surprising no because andalites are the fucking worst yeah yeah 
Like, we got that when they called them. And they were like, no, we're not coming to help. But they want to quarantine the planet, which, lol. And then I don't quite get a grasp on their plan. Just, like, keep the Yerks from leaving the planet and that's it. I feel like there's a lot of between the lines. Like, to the point where Axe isn't even sure, he says at one point. Like, the plan is, okay, well, the Yerks will move everyone here because there are so many hosts. And we'll just keep them from ever leaving again. You know, basically the blockade from Star Wars Episode One. Um... And X is like, that's actually not going to work. And I know that. And they know that. So dot, 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 dot. Like, the plan is they move the Yerks there and the Andalites blow up the fucking Earth. That is the plan. I mean, that is the plan, yes. They're going to bulldoze it and build a space bypass through it. Should have checked. Paperwork's been filed. So, I know that you didn't particularly love the whole Axe and Cassie but Tim, how did you feel about this? The whole axe getting angry, the whole discussion of traitor versus the wrong thing. Um, I the the dialogue between Axe and Cassie sort of like caught me off guard. I guess I'd like forgotten how honest Axe is. He's very blunt. And how blunt, yeah. With everyone but himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like whoa. That was kind of harsh. Uh, accurate, I guess, to to his feelings. But that's the thing. I actually like that scene. I yeah. don't like everything that leads up to it, but that's where the book starts working for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised because, like, any act of kindness is perceived as dangerous to Andalites. So, like, I, yeah. Axe's reaction but, uh, makes sense. But X getting pissed at Cassie. I mean, I got pissed at Cassie. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that that was out of line at all. I also, like, I appreciate that Cassie's like, when I actually sat down and thought about what I did, I came up with more reasons why it was a good idea. Yeah. Oh, phew. Thank God I did that. Um... (laughs) What? I had zero good reasons for her to do what she did when she did it. She had hope. That is her role. And when Cassie loses hope, there is no good solution. Like, we have seen that future dream state. I think that Cassie has a time stone. And she went and viewed all possible futures in the only way that they won. It took me was to... if she let Tom take the morphing cube. It took me a minute to figure out what the hell a time zone was. Yeah. Cassie just gradually, slowly raises one finger and looks out the side of her eye at Axe. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she can fucking manipulate alternative timelines and shit. So, like, sure. Okay. Which infinity stone does each animorph get? <laughs> okay. Cassie is reality. Time. Is that okay? I feel like I need a list of what they are. I just remember or time. There's time, reality, mind, power, 
soul, and... I'm just going to pull up a list. Both of you are failing me right now. Space, mind, realities, power, time, soul. Space is the space one we were missing. Space was the one. Yeah. 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 Marco gets mind. Rachel gets power. Yeah. Axe, space, Jake. Jake gets reality. Tobias gets soul. Yeah. I well, that was quick. That, yeah, that works out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm kind of surprised at how I can make the argument that maybe Marco also could deal with reality one, but and, and that Cassie could take the soul one. But Tobias having it, given that he's Elfingor's kid, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I enjoy the fact that because, like, okay, we've had several animorphs fall into yerk pools. Only one of them's gotten yerked from doing that. Yeah, but like. At least three of them, four of them, six of them now have. I don't think Tobias has. Maybe seven of them, depending <laughs> on how you're counting. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having trouble with this tonight. No, you know, this is <laughs> Alex's opportunity to get back at you for all the times you made fun of two or three hours. <laughs> or six or seven Shit. animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, only Jake gets yerked. I yeah, I do like Cassie pulling the yerk, <laughs> hitting yeah. out of the. Yeah, I thought. Oh that was yeah, a yeah, slapping her head. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just like the final crashing into the yerk pull. Like, I want to see that on a screen. It's. What... I'm pretty sure that was a Die Hard movie. That, like. Animorphs were in, like that whole bit with them racing down the the train and then the train crashing crashing into the speed. earth pool. It would have Super. been great if Marco had yes been like, you got two minutes, you become a motherfucker, <laughs> and Mister One's like, what? What? Cut to Marco and Mister One chilling and watching Die Hard with cats. <laughs> yes. It's a double feature, Die Hard and Cats. No, I meant that there are cats around, not that they're watching cats. <laughs> Lord. <sighs> Visser one must know how to get to this heavy side lair. I like the discussion, like, getting that inside background of, like, kind of why this is becoming more in-game is that, like, there's a good chance that Visser 3, 1, whatever, has been told repeatedly, like, stop making such a big spectacle. Stop fucking up, Esplin. Yeah. And that the council's getting ready to pull him. I don't see how you cannot pull him. He got the Yerk pool blown up. Like, if that isn't demotion worthy, I don't know what is. I mean, he also got a big, uh, 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 Kendrona generator on top of a skyscraper. That's the diehard one, by the way. Yeah. Blown <laughs> up. Number seven. Yeah. yeah. What, um, like, what do you have to, like, surely the OSHA inspector is going to be there? Like, that's got to be. Okay. okay. Think about this. Hazards. Who like, the fuck else is there? They killed one of them, or, well, they meant to. Two. Let a bomb go? Did he die? Axe let him go. 
He may be still alive. He may be worth it. Three, He's hanging out with Esplan 9466B. Yeah. And then four got erased from time. <laughs> we gotta reach to five? Four, four five. really got the shit into the stick. We gotta we gotta reach down to five, really. Mm, yeah. Even if okay. I'm like if I'm subvisor one, I'm sitting there thinking, well, at least I wouldn't have gotten a yark pole blown up. Like, you gotta give me a shot now. Like, put me in, coach. I would it's my turn. <laughs> Tom be... is in charge now? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily remember how the next book starts, but I would not be surprised if it is, like, no time has passed kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like. I mean, this one ends with the blade ship descending. Yeah. Uncloaked. Yeah. So, like, there's this not really time to. This one's just here to scorch Earth. Yeah. There's not really time to replace him at this moment. Yeah. It's going to be the council calling him and him doing that that thing where you're like, oh, you're breaking up. You're breaking. <laughs> I've entered I'm going an atmosphere. A Z space wormhole. <laughs> and also, I'm Bane. <laughs> <laughs> The last note I have is that they kept talking about this character, um, Tuan. Yes. That's supposed to be Timmy. Timmy's name got changed, or Timmy's, Tuan was Timmy's original name. Ah. And it it didn't, it just, notes didn't get passed across or whatever. Gotcha. If you were like me being like, who the fuck is this guy we've never heard of and why is he like... A big do you thing. remember when? Do you remember when Cassie went to Australia? Yes, <laughs> I was absolutely trying to remember that kid's name, oh. and it was plaguing me, and I could not get it. And I wondered honestly if that was Tuan, and if they had just like invited Tuan up to be an animorph. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? You yeah. want to fly like forty-eight hours around the world and come and like help us out? No. But you got boomerangs. Murder boomerangs. I would like to read the the paragraph of this that made me just literally laugh out loud. Okay. Rachel's mother is quite quarrelsome. I am told that is because she is something called a lawyer. A lawyer seems to be an odd type of human. Intelligent, but in a way that is not terribly useful. At least to my Andalite sensibilities. All they seem to use their intellect for is argument, not philosophical contemplation or artistic pursuit. I like that Naomi gets pulled away. No, Toby gets pulled away because Naomi is in a fight with like an elder. <laughs> yes. What the fuck was that fight over? Like I, I highlighted it. It was like, I need to know what is going on. Distillation rights to certain colonies of moss. That makes sense. Yeah. It's it's an addendum to that agreement over the uh, argument between the deciduous and coniferous <laughs> factions. I like that Toby's stance in this book is, eh, fuck it, we're sick of hiding, we're gonna go fight. Yeah. I, I need all of these arguing parents and children, and especially Naomi... Out of my hidden valley, please. We're tired of you being here. Can we go blow things up, please? You're destroying our ranch. Can we go destroy yours? 
Also, uh, in the category of Andalite body horror, which I didn't mean to drag us back to, but have now, we learned that raccoon hands are almost <laughs> identical to Andalite hands. I blocked that out. So we've got we've got chitin blade and raccoon hands. <laughs> the way you said that was such joy and amusement. <laughs> You weren't looking at the screen and the face I made as I did it. I was looking to see because I was like, is the cover photo of him turning into a raccoon? And it is. It, it is. is. <laughs> Poor X. How small did they make the buttons on the Z-Space transponder is the I mean, other he thing. he morphed back. He wasn't <laughs> sitting there using it as a raccoon. Oh, he totally was. I have no idea what uh, you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, he said. They did not he say he demorphed. Yeah, these hands work great. Yep. I mean, he goes and gets a handshake and winces at how strong the handshake is. That's true. Oh, yeah. And then we find out that there is someone in the military base that is yerked, at least one person, taking that shot at Jake. Yeah. I like how quick the other the other troops were to, to jump on him. Yeah. I, I do appreciate that, like... It makes sense with these guys because a lot of shit has happened recently where they're talking about aliens and they're like, okay, why not? Like, I'm very glad there wasn't a, a hallucinating thing. They're just like, fuck. All right. I love, the, I love the aside. Wait, do you think that stuff they're saying on the internet is true? I did appreciate that too. <laughs> Someone's on the same Star Trek boards as those campers. <laughs> yep. I do also want to point out, this is our last ghost-written book. The next two will be actually written by a... I was... Okay. I, I've been waiting for this and hoping that we would get off the ghost-written books for the end of it. Yeah. Um, not saying that the ghostwriters have done a bad job, but I, I was I was hoping we'd get the original author yeah. back on for the end. Yes, very excited. I just sent you guys the artist rendering of Axe whenever he decides he needs upper body strength morphing. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's Rocket going, I'm going to need that guy's arm. All right. Uh, we've pretty much touched on my, all of my notes. Maybe not too deep, but we've touched on all my notes. Without getting terrifyingly philosophical. You guys got anything? Only terrifying philosophy. Yeah, I think we went over everything that I wanted to talk about. Cool. Yeah, I am I am good. Cool. Alright, Alex. This week, in our group chat, Alex went... Something along the lines of being very excited about Animal Facts this week. And then almost immediately was like... Not to scare you. Yeah, I had to clarify, <laughs> don't be scared. I earnestly think you will all enjoy this. So give us that good, good animal fact. So I would like you to think to think back to beloved childhood media properties, like The Mouse and the Motorcycle and Stuart Little. Oh. Okay. And the, the, the powerful 
liberating childhood images of mice driving vehicles. Okay. I am reading from Ars Technica. Rats love driving tiny cars, even when they don't get treats. <clears throat> I want a treat every time I drive a car. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this was a study on how enriched environments can affect stress response. Uh, essentially, a group of scientists taught rats to drive tiny cars and then put them in increasingly elaborate mazes and measured the 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 mice that measured the rats responses to making it through the mazes in the cars and like the rats really enjoyed it they enjoyed driving that's cool now i want a mouse rat chauffeur i just want one to drive around my house like i want to wake up in the morning and just have a little a little mouse speed by now you may you may be wondering, how did they measure mice uh, the rat's enjoyment? They collected each rat's droppings at various points along the study to analyze them for metabolites of cor- uh, corticosterone and dihydroepiandrosterone. Uh, I probably butchered those. Uh, they're a pair of hormones that show stress levels, and they change in a pattern consistent with emotional resilience. Wow. I'm really mad at you for making me have to hear about rat droppings. Thank you. <laughs> but they're happy rat droppings. I don't I don't give a shit. My dog's happy <laughs> and I don't really want to look at his shit either, so you know. I'm going to send you a picture. No. No. What? <laughs> Not of a happy ratchet. <laughs> this is a happy ratchet. No. This is an unhappy ratchet. <laughs> no, please don't do this to me. By the way, am I, am I saying ratchet or ratchet? I don't know. <laughs> this is one of the rat-operated vehicles used in the study. I feel like a week ago or so I was trying to figure out if you like the Great Mouse Detective, and I feel like this is a good time to ask that. It is one of my favorite Disney movies, an underrated classic. Can we can we can we go ahead and just call that a Bayou Blaster? Yes. I don't like that. It is a reference to Swamp Thing. I figured as much, but I still don't five like episode it. animated series from the nineties. Was that the nineties, Tim, or the late eighties? Yeah, we'll call it the the early nineties. Yeah. So there you go. Rats like driving cars. Stuart Little, a movie in which a woman canonically gives birth to a mouse, was right. Do you know who di- directed that movie? Was it Chris Columbus? M. Night Shyamalan. What a twist! <laughs> I know Hugh Laurie played the yep, dad. That's all I can ever think about is that it's Hugh Laurie. <laughs> Dr. House's wife gives birth to a mouse. It says that the three horizontal wires across the front are how the rat steers. Uh-huh. And now I really want to know, how do you use the wire to steer? Speaking of, we did not discuss the wires in this book. The straight up electrocution. Oh, yeah. Of oh, yeah. They kill a lot of people. 
Killed I mean, a lot of they people. killed a lot of people. Yeah, like it's been. I like, mean, okay, they blew up a city, yeah. so I guess by scale, they killed more people at the end than. Yeah, yeah. but like they killed some fucking hork bajir. Yeah, in a very violent way. Those were blue bands too. Yeah, the blue band. Group? They turned translucent. <laughs> like it's very clear he could see hork bajir bones. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ernest scared <laughs> stupid with hork bajir. Yes. Ernest Saves Christmas, I guess that one was. Yeah, I think it was Christmas. Yeah. He's dressed as Santa Claus in the image in my head, so it must have been Christmas. Must have been. Because, you know, people don't just dress like Santa. For anybody who's wondering, today is December 30th, and Alex has decided that it is past Christmas enough that he has changed his Zoom background. I'm very upset by this. I'm sorry. (laughs) I love that Zoom background. I'm sorry. You're not, and that's okay. I, I enjoy the Sanctum Sanctorum. I'm... That's because you didn't experience Ugly Christmas Sweater Hulk. <laughs> yeah. I showed it to him before yeah, you got on the I call. Saw it. It's not the same. I did not check our Apple podcast to see if we had anything. No new ratings and reviews, no listener mail. I do have listener mail. Oh. Um, but I wanted okay. to start with, we did get some responses on Twitter about this book. We got this Alex last name withheld who definitely has thoughts about this book. Hey, just be glad for once that this hypothetical Alex didn't respond with, oh yeah, I should read that. <laughs> to be fair, I got a text from Tim today where I went, oh yeah, I should actually read the Animorph book, shouldn't I? Oh, the tables have turned. And then we got one from Charlotte last name withheld. Who said that this one always makes them cry? Axe is so lost. And you're not wrong. Definitely cried. I then had to tweet that this made me cry. And then also throw in that I was talking about the book and not the episode recording, <laughs> you guys. That usually comes afterwards. Yes. <laughs> so we did get some listener questions. Sweet. Um, the first one is a suggestion, recommendation, a substitute, if you will, since... Carrie Fisher, RIP, how do we feel about substituting the governor from the last book with Stacey Abrams? I mean, I am down for Stacey Abrams being any kind of governor. (laughs) Didn't we we do that one last episode? No, I think we talked about it off air because we we said, I said Carrie Fisher during the episodes, it would be hard while we recorded for people to write in and suggest alternatives because we had not released it yet. That's what it was. Okay. Time is linear, Tim. I know that's hard to wrap your head around in 2020, uh, no. but it is. I it just is remembered linear. having the conversation already, and that's why I was like, it confused me. Did we have a conversation about it? We did. Oh. Well done. Yeah, it might have right. been a Discord conversation now that I think about it. I mean, I did definitely post the question in oh. Discord, but I don't think you responded. So maybe this can. This, Okay, you guys are communicating without me. That's fine. That's fair. No, 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 no. no. That was the first time. I definitely only had the conversation yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I, I thought I remembered you saying it, but I guess I remember reading it. Yeah, no, definitely read it. I'm trying to think of my predictions. Are you ready with your predictions, no. Tim? No. Hey, Tim, I, I, let me rephrase that. Hey, Tim, it's time for your predictions. <laughs> All right, you can, let's start with who beefs uh, it. Okay, so this was an axe book. So does that mean Cassie beefs it? 
No, who's the next narrator? That's what Tim yeah. is asking. No. We had Marco, it's, it's Axe, and now it's... Less than... Wait. Hold on, is it Jake again? Yes. Oh, yes. I've gotten all messed up now, then. You know what? In your defense, Tim, I had to, like, six different times before I started reading this check and make sure I was yeah. reading the right book. Because the idea of reading an Axe book right after yeah, a Marco it's got book... Me messed up. And it being number, like, 52, it's like... Let me just, let me make sure the last book was 51. Let me make sure I'm not fucking up. Like, I'm used to Axe being in that that eight spot for the whole time. Okay, so we're going to a Jake book. Okay, it still would be 53. It'd be Tobias. Yeah, but it means that Cassie would be next, right? I don't know. It's not. It's Jake. It's Jake. It is Jake. Um, And this book is called The Answer. So I think we get the answer. To what? The question. What question? Of? Life. No, no, no. No, uh, again, going back to the titles, the titles haven't been real reflective of the the story. But this one does go... They blew up the entire (laughs) town to destroy the yurt pool. Yes, this one's reflective, Tim. the, The two before it weren't, though. And so, like, I hadn't been taking a whole lot. But Applegate does come back for the next book, so maybe there is an actual answer. To what? I don't know. What is the yeah, question? that's a good question. Um, okay, so I think... <laughs> okay, ignoring the title, what is going to happen in this book? Uh, okay, so Visser 1... We have two books left. Visser 1 is angry... And Visser 1 is going to uh, very much go on the offensive in the next book. He's going to have to try and do something to 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 cover some ground since the pool has been destroyed. Um, I'm going to lob a softball out here for yeah, you, Tim. Jake is going to beef it. It's a Jake book. Yeah. It's the last Jake book. Thomas What's Jake's big plot line? Uh, his his parents are going to show back up. And Tom. Actually, we, we might get the final battle between Jake and Tom here. Okay. See, that's a good prediction. What if the answer to the question is, what is his last name? What if the answer to the question is, who beefs it? That is Jake. Jake is going to beef it. What if God was one of us? Uh, what if slob Jake, like one of us. What if Jake beefs it by saving Tom and his family from the Yerks? Just a stranger on the bus being dragged to the Yerk pool. He could he could beef it. I think that's a good prediction. You want to hear what the back of the book says? Jake beefs it. The war is raging on and the Yerks are everywhere. Jake tries to convince the government to help him, and the Animorphs destroyed the Yerk pool. But when the plan fails, they try to do the job themselves. In an effort to deter, deter, sorry, in an effort to deter new arrivals and finish off the ones still around, the animorphs and axe. I really hate that they do that. <laughs> the the anim- animorphs and axe and Meg. <laughs> they keep forgetting me. <laughs> the animorphs and axe blow holes throughout the Yerk pole. Yerk's pole. 
In these gallant efforts, some innocent bystanders are hurt. But it, the plans go awry, and Jake and the Animorphs find themselves trapped in the New York pool. They have lost all hope, and when they find unexpected comfort and com- comradeship from the <laughs> disgusting Texans, who have always what? been associated with the Yerks and have their own problems with the Destroyers, they might just be able to save planet Earth. But has the end already begun? There's no way that I could have guessed... <laughs> <laughs> that somehow Jake would form, or the Animorphs would form a bond with the Texans, who we have shit on for, I don't know, 60 books. Now, there is one way. If we had asked the question, now, Tim, what characters are still unaccounted for from previous books? That's a good question. What do you mean? Uh, on wait, What do you mean? Well, there's the people who put Jake in an alternate reality. A good example would be David. Uh, like, David had disappeared for books and books and books and showed up in the last Rachel book. Right. Lauren. Yeah. Ava. Are there any blasts from the past? Didn't we even get Toby's great-great-great-great-great-grandparents at one point coming back? Great-grandmother coming back is like a spirit yeah. in Cassie. That's true. Yeah. Man, That's true. this series is fucking weird, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I say shit, and then I actually listen to what I'm saying, and I'm like, yeah, that's a book. That's a book. Who have we not paid attention to in a while? I don't want to give them the answer. No, don't, don't. Oh, I'm don't. not gonna. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know how Tim will get the answer by reading yeah. book fifty-three. The answer. Um the 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 one that I keep talking about that nobody seems to like. Everybody keeps shrugging me off, which makes me think it's not actually going to be a thing. Is Marco's stepmom? It could be Nora. It could be, but I doubt it. Nora's now secretly a Texan. I oh. enjoy this. this oh, this, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> enjoy this I just got description it. of the Texans. Creatures so foul and heartless, it's almost hard to believe they are capable of having any feelings. What is his name? <laughs> That's what we're asking you. Oh, I don't remember his name. The guy on second base. What is his name? <laughs> the Andalite. We also got the Chi. We haven't seen them in a while, but I don't know how they're going to help. Man, I don't remember his name. What book was that even from? Was that the Andalite Chronicles? No, it wasn't. It was, uh... I don't remember what book that was now. We'll remind you. Don't worry. Yeah, we will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know we will. <laughs> Gleefully. Aleron's... Man, I don't remember. Aleron was an old prince. Yes. And he was on a ship with two other Andalites, right? Yeah. And it's one of those Andalites. Who was the other Andalite? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good sound. Do we get help for you? Can we ask Joe? Um, It wasn't... Oh, man. What? I don't remember. Okay, so your job in the two weeks before we record is to read all 60 books. <laughs> <laughs> to prepare for 53. What was
was that guy's name? <laughs> well, Tim's up for the count. Yep. <laughs> oh, all right. Anything to promote? I would point people to the Panelology Favorite Books of 2020 episode. That is a good episode. I was very happy with how it turned out. I I am very bummed that not everybody was there, but it was a good episode. Cough, Tim. Cough. Oh. It's very, very sad. We cried a little bit on air. It was, <laughs> it's cathartic. Um, Tim, got anything to promote? Uh, the first season of The Way We Haunt Now is out now, and you should go and listen to all of it, binge through it, until... All your friends on Twitter about it and tell everybody how great the character John Harker is. Hey, Meg, what about you? You got anything to promote? I do. I got a couple things. Um, first of all, when this drops, um, I will have done a live panel that will have been recorded and released as a podcast. Um, called Geeking Out, where I talk about the, like, one thing that everybody thinks I talk really well about, which is books that influenced my childhood. So there's that. That That's something you talk about? That is something I apparently talk about. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> What's funny is I was sitting there and I was like, I don't want to talk about Harry Potter. I don't really want to talk about Wrinkle in Time either because I feel like I talk about that a lot. What other series influenced my life? <laughs> there's got to be... There's got to be... One. And then I was Way, like sideways stories from the wayside. I, I did like That's those. It. I did like those. There, there is another series that that was really influential in my life. Um, the Darkest Rising series was is, is that one, and I was like, oh, I can talk about that. I don't talk about that one enough. And then about an hour later, I was like, I have a fucking Animorphs podcast <laughs> for this very reason. Thank you, thank you. Um, the Darkest Rising sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, it does, bud. Yeah. Do you know why? Because it's the book you just helped me pick out for my son for Christmas. It is, in fact, the book to help you pick out for your son for Christmas. I hope he reads it. I hope he enjoys it. Um, the other thing is I am helping create a podcast called Sporadic Phantoms. And if you are listening to this podcast, it is a an audio drama that you are going to want to check out. The trailer will be at the end of this episode. That is all I'm going to say. But I got to tell you, the first episode is phenomenal. And the trailer is very good, too. The trailer is very good, too. I have heard it. So, yeah, that's what I got to promote. Okay, everybody should go and <laughs> either read or listen to Earthcore and then go to Audible and get Mount Fitzroy. And then, after you've done all of those things, download the latest episode of Judging Book Covers. And listen to the review of Mount Fitzroy. But don't do it out of that order. <laughs> yeah, like I just passed the point in editing it where we have said for the third time, there are spoilers. We are not trying to spoil anybody. We set this episode up really well so that we don't spoil anybody. So if you get spoiled, it is your own damn fault. Not to be mean, but it is. <laughs> and also, you can only find uh, Mount Fitzroy on Audible. So, yeah. Sorry, as someone who likes to also help indie bookstores, it is only on Audible. So, all right. 
<clears throat> we would like to thank Red Sphinx for our show art. You can check out more of their work by supporting their Patreon or visiting Chaos Does Art on Instagram or finding them in our Discord. If you're interested in getting some cool art, email red at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com. Peep our social meets. You can find us at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at mindsatyerk at gmail.com. Hey, we're coming up on the last episode. Love to get some people's like input on their thoughts on the last book to read. Because we're going to have plenty of them, but, you know, why not make the episode extra long? Um, but yeah, you can get us at our website at mindsatyerk.com and you spell yerk, Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcast, And we are available on your podcatcher of choice. Let us know if you can't find us there. This is where somebody stops me. No, I don't like the way you phrase that. I'll try it again. Somebody stop me! No, that's even worse. Somebody stop me. I think Tim's falling asleep. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I was stop. just staring at the tiny raccoon tail blade on the cover. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I now need to go see this tail blade cover. Hang on. Oh, it cuts off for me. I've been Megan. My name was Alex. I was Tim. And until then, we fight. Coming this January 2021. My name is Robin. I'm Stevie. And I'm Kyle. We are a trio of environmentalists, documentarians, journalists, and friends. We will be looking at a major problem happening right now. The destruction of threatened species habitats by the logging industry... We're talking about illegal logging here. Do you know what the company was that was doing this? Yeah, uh, I had never heard of them before, uh, but they're, they're called Dapson Lumber Company. Dapson? I remember the trucks. And the Matcom bands, too. Weapons development. They're hiding the information. It's much bigger than just Dapson. There's a reason they vetoed the project. You just kept saying, stay away from Dapson, stay away from Matcom. Missing? I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but I just have this this sick feeling in my stomach about this that I can't shake. This looks like a nonprofit organization. And don't forget about the dodgeball tournaments. Be part of something greater. What the actual hell? This could be big. Really big. Sporadic Phantoms, an investigative podcast series. Available this January on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor.